we bring to our experience, our own stereotypes and expectations, and we color the world with our own interpretation. And so it's this notion that our experience of the world is kind of a dance or kind of like a collaboration between what's coming in and what we're bringing to the table. And so what that tells us is, no, we don't have a direct experience of reality. We don't have an empirical experience of reality. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Energy is always flowing out of us to people and things around us. And the, one of the ways to get to enlightenment is to first stop the loss of energy. Then you harness that energy from going out of you, you withdraw it into you, you concentrate and you channel that energy up your spine into your head to awaken higher states of consciousness. But in order to do that, you need to conserve as much energy as possible. The more people you have in your life, the more things you have in your life, the more you, energy you expend. That which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. Average becomes sort of like this slow asphyxiation. It's almost like an anesthetic. And that over time, we become kind of immune and dulled to the average that we're becoming. You, know, you don't magnify the degree to which the pain ought to be affecting you. And so really what he means in that is, listen, you're gonna get out of your life what you'll accept. That's really difficult for people, I think, to understand is, look, what you think you're worth and what you're gonna tolerate is absolutely what you're gonna bring into your life. dominant culture that is designed to destroy your sense of self and your belief in yourself and and you have to learn ways in which you can begin to connect with this power that you have within yourself to handle where you are. The key is to be constantly in a perpetual process of discovering the truth of who you are and fighting constantly to look for ways in which you can escape the inner conversation. There's a lot of obstacles that we're going to face in our lives, whether it's on a football field, a basketball court, or just in life in general. And if you're not really willing to fight and give it everything you have, as, as long as you're alive, then what are you really doing it for? Because if you're not feeling well, what do you do? You go online, right? You look at people standing at the bus stop for 10 minutes waiting for the bus. They get uncomfortable with being with themselves. So they pull out the phone and they start engaging with something. Because right. to actually be with you is probably one of the most challenging things you can face in life. And the whole purpose of the monastery is to strip everything and everyone away from a person and they're only left with themselves. When I thought I was gonna die, I saw scenes of my life when I was surrounded by the people that I loved. And my instant feeling was, I'm gonna miss them. And they're gonna miss me. That realization was like, oh my God, at the end, all you're gonna wonder is about your family and your friends and people you love and all they're, they're gonna miss you because you're gonna see scenes of your life surrounded by people you love at the very end. And I'm like, so live your life so it's this epic, beautiful movie. The insight is when you are listening. Insight is when you go through introspection. Insight is when you meditate. Insight is when you learn to listen to your heart or intuition. And insight is what you call a satori moment. It's growth through awakening. Like I let myself sort of feel the pain and the difficulty of, of being not where I want to be in whatever that area is. Because you know, my spirituality, my relationships, my money, 
I let myself feel that pain because as you know, there's two motivators, right? There's the gaining of pleasure, right? Wanting to go get something, chasing the dream, but then there's the avoidance of pain. And for a lot of champions, that's a pretty big driving force for them. And so at least for me, I, I leverage both of those things on me to get myself to take action. Uh, dare to be willing to question everything you thought you knew. Dare to dissolve your own dogmas. Dare to be challenged. Dare to see the world differently today than you saw it yesterday. Motivation's crap. Motivation comes and goes. When you're driven, whatever's in front of you will get destroyed. what you really want wants you too because what you really want versus what you think you want what you really want comes from the soul and what you really want because your soul is part of this larger universe it wants you too and so don't tune in to the rules of the world that tell you who to be or what to want or what to do instead be who you really are Listen to that soul and know that what the soul wants, the universe wants you to have. And this is when the magic happens. And we, we don't have priorities in life. Most people don't have clear priorities in life. Simplifying first the people and things into your life, into who and what's most important. Taking that finite energy that you have each day and focusing. Second step is learning how to focus and concentrate that finite amount of energy into the people and things that truly matter. I think for me, optimism, though, is definitely then like an antidote, right? It's, it's my way of raging against the darkness, you know, living in a space of possibility, living in a space of pronoia as an antidote to paranoia, right? Pronoia is I connect the dots and I think that everything could go better than it's been going before, that things might get better, that we can't overcome, that we shall overcome. So it is a choice you make. Because a lot of people look at their scars as a bad thing. A lot of people try to hide the pain that they're in, but I believe that your scars really show that you overcame whatever tried to break you. The more we can be able to reward ourselves with bliss, we're not gonna lose our dissatisfaction. We're not gonna, we're not gonna lose that. And so for me, our brains, this dopamine hit you get when you do something successful. If you constantly cheat yourself out of that hit, right, biomechanically in your body, less and less in the future will you want to achieve the next level the next dream the next step and that's why so many people stall out in life they didn't they got to a certain point and they cheated themselves out of the bliss out of the celebration it's important that we celebrate our wins we celebrate our lives because it causes us to want the next bite it keeps us hungrier not the reverse we have the ability to go in such a space if you're willing to suffer and I mean suffer, your brain and your body, once connected together, can do anything. I always say you should never pursue happiness. Don't pursue happiness. Pursue a lifestyle where the byproduct of that lifestyle is happiness.
you can find things to be grateful for in that space, man, is your life gonna be rich when there really are external things to be grateful for. So my first mechanism out of that space was honestly to stack the things I was grateful for and I started reinforcing it over and over and over again. And what happens is there's this reticular activating system in our brains, right? And all of a sudden, because that's the messaging I was giving myself, all of a sudden, all these things start to come into my awareness that I'm grateful for. It's crazy how when you shift your identity at a subconscious level, the world shifts. But remember what Michael Beckwith said, the law of attraction is incomplete. It's really the law of resonance. When you change who you are, the world will shift to make, to ensure that who you are is true. So it starts inside.